You need to embrace capitalism. It is this hope which is the lever of progress. My favorite Fed. To keep one's reactions warm and true. They attack us because we're over there. Is to have found the secret of perpetual youth. Man, you're too pretty to be a libertarian. And perpetual youth is salvation. Salutations, Zestackers, and Ken, you're listening to A Boy Named Sue. That is Mr. Sue to you, a.k.a. Phil Gibson, only on the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast Network. Before we get into everything, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, the Bitbox 2 by ShiftCrypto.ch, because not your keys, not your cheese, all that kind of stuff. And we'll be talking about keys a little bit during this show, because our fantastic guest is uh, Knut Svonholm. And of course, remember, you can get 5% off your Bitbox 2 to have your nice, uh, lovely, cold storage. Uh, you can get 5% off with uh, Bitcoin Made Simple, uh, the promo code there. And yeah, don't be an idiot. Like take take ownership of your money because it's yours. And uh, the way the state of the world is right now and in money in general, it's, it's not looking good. I mean, the dollar is going to strengthen, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like fiat. And we're not about that because we're Bitcoiners. So Without further ado on that, I want to welcome repeat guest. I think it's been about two years, honestly, but welcome once again, Canute. How are you doing, my man? Thank you, Phil. Uh, great to be back here. Um, great to talk to you again. I, I'm doing great. Um, it's summer here um, in Spain, and I'm going traveling uh, again soon. So, uh, yeah doing good yeah a lot a lot's happened in in the past couple of years so you're in spain now tell, yeah. tell me tell me about that how that how that happened well i uh, uh had a salary negotiation with my uh, uh with my um, former employer uh i was working at a ship shipping company before uh as you may know uh so uh I negotiated and I said like I want this if I st- if I'm to stay in Sweden and I want this uh, a bit less if I can work from Spain and if you don't uh, and this is my final offer uh, uh, else I'll I'll quit and I quit <laughs> and oh, I've never never regretted that so uh, I quit my fiat job and I decided to go full Bitcoin and. Uh, and at the same time, moved to Spain with my family because it felt like, I mean, we, we've been wanting to go here for a while now. Uh, we've had the house for like five years. So uh, so I, I, I went to a Bitcoin conference in Mexico. And uh, when I came back, I had one day in Sweden, like 24 hours, literally. <laughs> and then uh, I took the car and with all the stuff in it and drove down 30 hours from from Gothenburg to 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 where we are in Spain, uh, <laughs> uh, and my the rest of the family took a plane down, and we've been here for a year now, almost um, heading home to Sweden for the summer. Before that, I'm going back to Madeira again. Uh, I'm in a group of people there, working with uh, making Madeira a bit of a Bitcoin uh, sanctuary, a sanctuary for Bitcoiners in the EU. Um, 
so very happy to be a part of that and i'll keep you updated as soon as anything happens on that front and uh, apart from that i've been yeah writing this new book everything divided by 21 million and uh, setting up a website and started collaborating with Con consensus network the publisher or a collaborated with them before but only with translations and this was the first time that I had a publisher for the book and that has been working out great and we got a lot of good ideas for the future as well what to do um, I'm also working on the the Swedish translation on the Bitcoin standard nice and uh, a, a couple of other things so uh, yeah I've uh, been been <laughs> keeping busy even though it feels like I have oodles of time now that I, I, I don't have to do my nine to five shit anymore. So, um, but uh, yeah, I try to keep busy. And uh, did we meet in Miami, by the way? I don't think we did. Were you no, I was, I was just about to say, first of all, very happy for you that you're able to do the shit that you want to do with your life. And yeah, it's like thank Bitcoin you. oriented. And also, I feel like an asshole because, like, I replied to you on Twitter, like, I'm going to be starting my book. And then I just replied, like, shake my goddamn hand, dude. And it never happened. Like, when, especially in Miami with the big conferences, it's just like a clusterfuck. And uh, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to organize stuff. And I was actually out sick the entire Saturday because, oh, like, it, it wasn't alcohol poisoning. It, I, I think it was food poisoning. Like, I had this All really right. weird, like, cheap tartar. At uh, um, what was okay. like this the weird kitchen called it? Um, I don't know. It was like a, a couple blocks south of where the conference was, and it was it was pretty cool. I, I I think it was like take take a break or something. I forget. But they had different like cuisines. It was kind of like a cafeteria thing, but it was like nice, and uh, they had great food there. But I guess I got the wrong thing, and others got this thing as well. And I guess my stomach was too much of a wuss to handle it. So I spent. All Saturday, I think I counted like I like threw up like twenty times or something stupid. Oh, that's so. Uh, yeah. you, you know that you're missing out on so much. <laughs> yeah, because th but, those days, those days were intense, man. Yeah, I mean, it was just Saturday. I Friday was amazing. I had fun. Uh, Saturday, Pepto Bismol at the end of the day, I think saved my life. Like no, <laughs> no joke. And then uh, Sunday, I got to make up for it. Got to. Uh, meet some friends I made on Twitter and, and Twitter spaces and hung out at the beach. We went to mm. like that after party that was just off the beach on, on Sunday. So oh, yeah, maybe... I missed that. Uh, oh, okay. No. Yeah. I went to uh, Svetsky's dinner, I believe on the, on, on, on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. I don't I remember. remember. Yeah. Was that on Sunday? I don't I, remember. I think. I, I don't yeah. know. I, it, I was just there and I saw people because it was right on the beach. We we're hanging out. And then we just saw some people like walking across. Hey, we were at this thing. Like, oh, cool. So I don't know. When you're in Miami, you just end up like stumbling into like everything and no yeah. one cares. But no, other yep. than that, it was great. I'm looking forward to next year. I got my tickets already like the day they announced them. And uh, and and yeah, and be, living in Austin, like there's no shortage of Bitcoin stuff. I didn't check out uh consensus or the bitcoin plus plus thing that was going on but uh i'll i'll be around during bitblock boom and yeah and there's no shortage of bitcoiners like moving down here it's it's great it's like you know it, oh yeah it's... i met gary at svetsky's dinner 
Uh, Gary's great. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's great a great guy. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I attended like maybe five satellite events in Miami or satellite events, events other than the main thing. Yeah. Uh, the first thing was a, a film screening of uh, uh, a Bitcoin documentary. I was in a panel after that. Oh, which which uh, film was that? Oh, the name escapes me at the moment. This is this is embarrassing. Was Let's, it about El Salvador? Uh, a bit about El Salvador. Uh, oh, uh, there's so much stuff going on though. So I, I uh, uh, the ma- name escapes me at the moment. The name of the movie, um, but it was me and uh, uh, Ben from BTC Sessions and yeah. Uh, yeah, and the filmmakers, basically, and uh, yeah, Pierre. Pierre Corbin uh, uh, is the filmmaker. Let's see here if I can find him. Wait, was it about like uh, the the bond thing they're doing down there? Uh, let, let's see here. Yeah, the Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin. That's okay. That's cool. the name cool. of the movie. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, um, we, we we got that one, and then uh, the the Richard James uh, films on uh, Movies Plus. The thing that like Corey is running kind of like the anti Netflix, but we're trying to get it. Yeah. We're trying to get as much like Bitcoin content on there as possible, but that one's on there for sure. I I need to check check that one out. Yeah. You should get uh, uh, the videos I made with Yoni Appleberg on there. Oh, sweet. The, the animations. Have you seen them? No, like a bunch of them. It's about your, your book, right? Uh, it's not about the book. Uh, like I made the uh, anim- these these are from articles mostly, uh, and some of the content I wrote directly for uh, for animation. And uh, yet, one or two videos are from uh, chapters of the previous books. So you, yeah. you you'll find them. I'll uh, I'll uh, shoot you a DM with a link. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, let, uh, let's get into it because I mean, I love getting like philosophical and esoteric and stuff, and uh, that's really kind of the the inspiration of you know what uh, comes out of you as far as the content that you make for Bitcoin. So I mean, let's like start with the the, the videos that you made, or at least like your your favorite one that you made with with the animations. Like, what was like the the theory and, and concept behind them? What were you trying to portray? Uh, well, the all the all these videos are different about this different aspects of of Bitcoin and hyper Bitcoinization. But uh, let me just uh, post this link here. And or I guess which, there you have it. It's kind of like um, asking like which one wh- who's your favorite kid, but like which one kind of like spoke out to you the most of the ones I made. Yeah, um, the animations. And, and I'll, I'll put links in the in the show notes to all of them too. Yeah, you got the link for the playlist there. Um, well, the 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 one that got most uh, the most attention is of course the one called Bitcoin Everything There Is divided by twenty one million. Of course. And it's it's from the article uh, first published in Citadel Twenty One ma- magazine uh, on August twenty first, twenty twenty. Uh, and that article was called Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. And it just happened to have this sentence in it. Imagine everything there is divided by 21 million. And uh, so Yoni ma- made this beautiful animation 
with the famous equation in it and after that it just took off <laughs> and yeah. now people have it tattooed on their bodies and like uh yeah, yeah it's just weird and their twitter it's like it's just the infinity logo slash 21 million yeah yeah and it's everywhere now so like uh i'm i'm it's a strange experience to to live through that you write something and it really takes on a life on, of its own afterwards it's yeah uh, man it's, it's, yeah, it's the very grateful memes. yeah so, so i yeah. mean what is like the the main concept of that because that essentially is like your your latest book which yeah I, i'm going to be honest i have not read okay so few i apologize people have few people yeah. have yet i, <laughs> I mean I, it's only been out for a month <laughs> i i am uh as marty ben likes to say i am a adult and I'm waiting for the sweet dulcet tones of Guy Swan's audio version of it yeah, to yeah. come out. And then I will consume it in like, you know, but less yeah, than a the, day. <laughs> but the, the audio I'm, is all done, by the way. And I'm just waiting for the files to to be uploaded and uh, yeah. uh, for it to come out. And we have plans for that. They're like, uh, it'll be on Audible. Uh, I'll also be giving it away for free on Guy's pod. Uh, right. He'll be doing a chapter by chapter read there and uh, doing some comments on each chapter like a guy's take yeah and uh i was contacted by the Ang the fountain fm guys the other oh, nice. the other day about uh releasing it on fountain and giving people the the option to to stream sets while listening to it and uh so so yeah a, a lot of things are happening with it and I, hopefully we can turn some of the chapters into animations as well uh, yeah, that'd be so great. that's the plan. Yeah, but I mean, like, let, let's let's kind of open that up a little bit because, I mean, yeah, I haven't had the chance to like read the book, but at, in at, in you know it, some some essence, nobody really has time to just sit down and read anymore. So let's no. talk about that and like and like time theft in itself. And you know, I, I've heard you talk about on on shows like killing time versus wasting time so <laughs> i feel like that was kind of like a huge inspiration to you and us as bitcoiners we understand that concept of time theft and everything but you know open that up a little bit for us and that's so funny because i i vividly remember coming up with that concept just like as a a, a semi joke while, while walking around uh, around yeah. here and uh, yeah and just like huh other people want to waste your time but you're you're a hunter on on the prowl for time to kill <laughs> so like yeah. uh, that's why you work at all because you you like and that's why we invent tools and that's what what all technologies are for they're for saving time so that you can kill your own time so that you can decide over your own time how to best kill it because it's going to die anyway uh we're all running out of it uh so that's how that idea formed it's like yeah. Uh, nature itself wants to waste your time all the time because you you have to do certain stuff you you have to eat you have to crap you have to do all these you have to sleep you have to do all these things that that take up your time uh but then again the, 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 uh, other people want to waste your time too uh, especially the ones in charge the the elites who uh, who want to tax you and inflate the money supply so that they subvert steal your time uh, through uh, leeching value out of each monetary unit, but which is what money printing is, right? It's just a, a, a license to counterfeit. Uh, 
so so what they're what they're doing when they're running the when the money printer goes brr is that they they're they're stealing your time um um and i i go so far in the book as to call it a um uh, a partial death sentence because every minute stolen is a minute from your life right so uh so so uh, you can view the money printer as uh, as uh, partial genocide <laughs> killing killing parts of everyone's life like you that's that's what they're effectively doing by stealing everyone's effort uh, time and effort so so you're the hunter and you should you should uh have the exclusive right to to kill your own time no one else should be able to do that that's like at the basis of voluntarism i guess yeah no voluntarism <laughs> is exactly the word that came into my head and i think that you know at first when people hear like killing time is better than like wasting time people still think that like killing time is like wasting because just al the the saying and phrase has been said for years but i like the idea of killing as in like out like like a hunter because like you're killing your yeah. prey and that is the the your concept of killing time is more like how you're going to invest your time because yeah. you're going to invest that time in killing and once you have that kill like you exert exactly. your energy and you're rewarding yourself back with you know the production that you've done with the animal and you know and, using and it you, to, you, you know, get eat. to eat it you get to eat your time after you've killed it you get to and cook use it the and bones as tools yeah. <laughs> and just yeah yeah so you're you're so working and like coming up with all sorts of means of acquiring wealth is it's just being on the prowl for time to kill that that's basically what it is that's why we why we work <laughs> yeah whereas like the, when the state kills your time by expanding the money supply it's literally yeah. actually killing you and it's yeah. feeding off of your time that you are being forced to uh waste exert in the favor of the state because the state is just a parasite yeah exactly yeah so that's that concept and and uh along another argument i make in the book is about um the afterlife the thought of an afterlife yeah. because to me that's existential inflation because the only thing that's that gives your your time on this earth value is the fact that it's scarce it's finite and if if you were indestructible and immortal so you could live forever uh, then you could postpone every action till tomorrow indefinitely so you wouldn't value anything you you wouldn't do like whenever you do anything you you're you have a value hierarchy in your head and you put one action on top of that value hierarchy so right now we're both, uh, we both put this conversation on top of our value hierarchies. We could just stop talking and go out in the kitchen and make ourselves a sandwich, both of us, but we choose not to because we find this, this way of spending our time right now valuable than making, uh, more valuable than making sandwiches, obviously, because otherwise we, we wouldn't be doing this. So, uh, but if we were immortal and had uh, an eternal, an eternity of life, <laughs> Uh, after the after our time on this earth we wouldn't have to do anything we could always postpone every action till later so 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 the thought of an afterlife to me is 
existential inflation because it's basically the same thing as inflation. Inflation is, you know, if you can fool people that there's an afterlife, you can, you can fool them to go out there and war against the neighboring tribe. Uh, and, uh, and if you can fool people that the money they use will, will hold value even though it's being inflated, you, 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 can, you can fool them into not only go to war with the neighboring tribes, but go to war with themselves, like, <laughs> and stay in a hamster's wheel for eight hours per day every week. Uh, so I, I, I think people vastly undervalue themselves and their time. Uh, their time is valuable to others, and therefore you, you, you shouldn't be giving it away for free. I mean, I heard somewhere that Facebook spends around $150 a year on every user. Like it costs Facebook around $150 to, to have a user on their platform for, for a year. Uh, so your attention and your time, the time that you spend on Facebook is that valuable to them. So your time is valuable. It's just, it's hard to see sometimes that, that uh, how, how it's valuable to others, but it is, your vote is valuable. Your attention is valuable. And of course your efforts are valuable. Uh, your uniqueness is valuable. So I think people ought to value their time on this earth uh, a, a lot more. Uh, life is not a rehearsal, it's the real clown show. This is it. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's really just another example of like Carl Manger, like the godfather of Austrian economics. Like it's just another way to portray the his thesis of like the marginal utility of, val uh, of value. Because like the more scary exactly. something is, the more that you cherish how you're going to utilize it uh in the in the near future not to say not to argue that's like a high time preference decision but you just prioritize things based on the scarcity of time that you have exactly uh, and in that sense time is the only resource you really have uh e every other good or service you interact with uh, you interact with them in order to to free up time somehow yeah, the example i use in the book is a gucci bag which which can seem to to be of no use whatsoever and just a, a token of uh just bragging that you have a lot of money but i think that buying a gucci bag to uh the person that does that does that in order to reach some other end also uh, for the most part, that's probably women who try to buy Gucci bags to signal to alpha males that they are in their league and that they are uh, potential mates for the future so that they can marry a very rich guy and then stay in that sphere for the rest of their lives where they think that they will uh, have more time to kill. Uh, so, so I think a, a, a Gucci ba bag serves that function uh, or at least people believe that it does so things serve different functions to different people um, depending on how they see them so something that seems useless to one person may 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 have a lot of uses to another person 
but it can sometimes be hard to see what that use uh, case may be. So for me, the Gucci bag was a good good example because I I see absolutely no use for for Gucci bags. I don't I don't know. I, I don't even have a regular bag. I try to fit everything into my pockets, you know, so <laughs> and I try to have as uh, as few possessions as possible because I want I, I value my mobility more <laughs> and being able to to uh, to go wherever I want whenever I want and do whatever I like whenever I like to. Uh, but I think other people do too. It's just that they have different means of getting there. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that just, again, going back to our economics, like the subjective theory of value, right? Yeah, value. It's, it's, it's all Austrian economics. It's that's the, I, I, I fell deeply into that rabbit hole after finding Bitcoin and I've been studying Austrian economics ever since. Uh, I, uh, devour Rothbard <laughs> these days I read everything I come over by Rothbard because I, I like him so much and I've read Human Action by Mises twice uh, and a couple of others and I'm uh, just uh, there's so much to find there and so much value to get out of that stuff because to me it's it's very philosophical as well I think you can dry, uh, derive a correct uh, ethics and morality from just Austrian economics uh, and you know interacting with other people as if they had a val value hierarchy at all times as well so basically as uh, the, the more voluntary action and the less forced interactions the there is the the better off we are that's that's a very good basis for morality in my opinion yeah like value hierarchy dominance hierarchy that's all a matter of like you know like i guess i haven't finished this but i want to but in the ethics of liberty it, it's just kind of like the marginal utility value just like a priori for everyone involved yeah. in whatever voluntary action or decision they tried to make and yeah. so that is just like the natural flow of things and uh, where people base their decision making on well i have this yeah. i i I have this bottle of water and this is very valuable to me. Right. And, uh, well, I got this bottle of water now. And so, I mean, I don't yeah. need this now, but you know, when this one's gone, then I will, cause I'll only have one left. Yeah. And I, that's just kind of like the natural order of things, how they fall into place. Absolutely. And, and the most unnatural thing is just an arbitrary outside actor, like the States trying to force people to not, make their own decisions and like prevent them from making their own choices yeah and expressing their own uh, you express yourself through through words but also through action and action speaks louder than words and uh, yeah so so if we want freedom of expression we should uh, people should be allowed to uh, to to express their themselves through action as well and this is this is why free speech is so bad um uh, it's so uh i mean i'm glad you 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 mentioned the ethics of liberty because that that's uh, it's it's an amazing book profound insights in that book it, it changed my mind on freedom of expression Be because the question rothbard asks the reader is freedom of expression where because in a in a libertarian society where there's no public property but 
just private property. There's no need for free speech laws at all because property rights trump uh, free speech. If, if uh, free speech, uh, well, you, the- Property the rights land, enable free speech, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah the, the, the landowner decides who gets to say what on his property. And if it doesn't, if the person on his property does not obey by those rules, he can just kick him out. And then again, the, the guy that wants to express himself can just go to where he can. And in a free market, that works because then you have a co competition. So if, if you have a social media platform that does not let people express their thoughts uh, to the full extent, uh, then people will migrate to another social network. Right now, we don't have that. We have uh, social networks that are in monopoly positions because they get access to very cheap loans because they're so close to the government and then cahoots with whenever a, a corporation gets that big, it becomes a political thing because of the fiat monetary system. They get closer to the monetary spigot and they get cheaper loans than everyone else. So they can... Uh, spend more money at at uh, a lower cost uh, or at no cost in many cases, as long as they do what the government tells them to do, which is censor and all sorts of stupid stuff. So, so like free speech never never existed uh, really, and it can't ever exist unless it also means uh, that also means freedom of expression through action which is property rights uh that's it property rights is the uh, that's that's the hill to die on not the freedom of speech hill yeah which so, uh, i i'd say so actually the greatest expression of that and manifestation of that is bitcoin because absolutely i mean you making the transaction uh permissionlessly and you also brought up the concept of bitcoin itself is both like the map and the territory as well yeah, i mean and it, it, like this free speech no one can stop you from doing that and it's actually yours because you know if you know your seed phrase like you are it you are your bitcoin you are the expression of yeah. you know, your beliefs it's just it, like this beautiful full circle thing and it's also like natural it's like it's like bitcoin is it's, your is the manifestation of your inalienable rights it's it sounds like you already read the book because you're like you're like paraphrasing the book all the time i i just stole <laughs> shit that you said on another podcast but <laughs> okay yeah yeah hoping, but that, that, I, I didn't steal because we don't believe in ip <laughs> no exactly there's only one intellect <laughs> there's only one intellectual property and that's bitcoin yeah. because it's actually a property uh, but like i recently learned about the difference between uh possession and ownership those are two different things and which bitcoin also points a laser pointer at the the difference between the two like i if i have a hat and uh i have it on my head it's my hat the hat is in my possession and i also own the hat but if I give the hat to you and you borrow it from me and put it on your head, it's in your possession, but I still own it. So there's a difference between ownership and possession. Uh, we so can't both wear the hat at the same time. 
exactly. So you can be in possession of something, but you 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 don't necessarily own it because you possess it, uh, because ownership has is always contractual. It's it's an agreement between uh, people of who owns what. Uh, whilst possession is not possession is just who possesses the the thing at the moment. So, and that's so. Uh, and Bitcoin turns all that on its head as well, because Bitcoin is owning a Bitcoin is possessing the Bitcoin. You, you, there's no line between those. And uh, as you say, knowing about the Bitcoin, uh, the seed phrase or the the private key, knowing the private key is owning that Bitcoin. There's no difference. So, so it turns the whole every notion we had uh, about ownership, possession, and free speech and all that has been turned on its head by bitcoin in this way because they're they're truly unconfiscatable so so you can't remove them from someone you can't even know how many bitcoin another person has ever so all the all the old narratives about uh who owns what are are now basically obsolete like when when you go through an airport and you're forced to give up your toothpaste because it's uh, the, the 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 toothpaste tube contains a couple of milligrams too much, uh, and like uh, and uh, th there's a sign on the wall saying you can't carry more than a uh, ten thousand dollars across the border or something. All of that, uh, it it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it's, it's 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 you you can have my toothpaste. I remember twelve words, and you can you can have as much toothpaste as you like. It's it's just the borders aren't there any longer. It's not not only that you can cross a border with the seed phrase. The borders are literally not there anymore since you can do all this. And I find it so fascinating. It points a finger at like, oh, nation states were they were all just in our imagination, just like. Uh, H.C. Uh, Anderson said in The Emperor's New Clothes, it's like the emperor really didn't have any clothes on. Like uh, it was all, it was all fake. Uh, it didn't matter. The borders weren't there. They're like it's just nature and you and how you interact with other people. And now we have another rule set to play by. It's like, it's so beautiful. Uh, anyway. Next question, please. This is your friendly reminder to rate, subscribe, review. It's say the best things, they come in threes, like rate, subscribe, review. If you rate it five stars, we can raise the bar. Subscribe so you can stay in tune. And don't forget at the very end to leave a nice review. Something like I love you, Sue. Rate, subscribe, review, please. Thank you. Not your keys, not your coin. If you're in Bitcoin and you haven't heard this, you're hearing it now. The value proposition of Bitcoin is that you are your own bank. You take complete self-custody of this thing and you don't need to trust anyone but yourself. As Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm pretty sure that all you Bitcoiner dudes and ladies out there can put on 
your grown-up pants and take self-custody. Honestly, one of the best options is the Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto. Because it's just sleek and voluptuous and lovely. And it's user-friendly. And that's what we want out of Bitcoin. We want to be able to store Bitcoin, access it, use it in a way that a toddler can. And that's pretty much what you're getting from the Bitbox O2. You got your cold storage on a hardware device. And you can sleep soundly at night knowing that you're your own bank and no one else can come and steal your Bitcoin. And that's all possible with Ship Crypto's Bitbox O2. So if you want to put on your big boy and big girl pants and be a good Bitcoiner and actually own your money, as opposed to putting it on an exchange or a bank, let's just call them for what they are, a bank, where they're rehypothecating that Bitcoin. And again, this isn't your Bitcoin. If you put it on there, it's theirs. And so it's not your money they're losing, it's their money they're losing because they're trying to use that Bitcoin to make more money, take the spread, the VIG, if you will. And honestly, they go tits up because they're bad actors and they don't care about you and your wealth because when your Bitcoin's with them, it's no longer yours. So if you want to bypass all of that, Go to shiftcrypto.ch and snag yourself a Bitbox O2. Use the promo code Bitcoin made simple, all caps, no spaces, for 5% off a Bitbox O2 from shiftcrypto.ch. Because self custody is self sovereignty. Get that Bitcoin in the right hands. Your hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I love that. Except I, I think it's important that, again, kind of maybe going more towards the Hans Hermann Hoppe kind of approach to, and also relating to dominance hierarchies. However, this whole like geopolitical or kind of world structure ends, because right now there's like a lot of turmoil going on. And I was actually curious of just you as, a European, uh, what that's been like. And I know that they're not near as friendly towards Bitcoin as America is, but when it comes to like borderless nations and nationships just being like a concept in, in a construct, like, yeah, it's kind of like fake, but it, it's, I think it's also important that however this turns out, you do have like that, the Hoppe approach to where, you know, you have these voluntary municipalities that people can live in and and you're able to you know come and go and just live there but as long as you abide by those by those um rules i guess but as long as yeah. it's voluntary and there's no like coercion uh involved then it's fine but of course if you break the rules of whatever jurisdiction there's going to be consequences because like you've made that that contract so yeah and i was talking with ansel Lind linder lindner recently and he kind of had this cautionary, uh, I guess, PSA that Bitcoiners should kind of be wary of like a, a global, you know, money narrative, because I think it can also eventually kind of creep into like a globalist, like new world order 
kind of approach and, you know, they might get tripped up and get brainwashed by someone that's trying to, you know, promote that maybe Davos WEF like agenda. But of course, Bitcoin is the exact opposite of what they're trying to accomplish. But I think the construct idea of actual sovereign nations is ultimately going to be important because you'll have like a coalition of people that stand up against like a globalist approach and agenda because they're kind of they will will be able to rise up as a nation with you know stateless like anti-global government money but it's still like global voluntary money that is enabling them to do that because at the end of the day it is stateless it's just a state opting in to use it i know that's kind of a lot at once but yeah but do do you think that um that necessarily has to be in a physical location though i mean uh no a, a nation is just a bunch of people uh, yeah so so it doesn't necessarily have to be in a certain certain place on the globe i mean today you can you you can buy yourself a um uh west indian passport for like a hundred thousand dollars yeah and after after you have that you can uh, you can just hop between countries and uh, use whatever your original passport or your other passport i know it's a bit more complicated for americans because they get taxed even if they get a secondary passport but uh, so that's a, a perk of living in europe uh, at the moment at least yeah. um but there are ways like and and uh, there are there are other just getting a residency in another country can can help you uh, along the way. I mean, uh, as long as we put pressure on the governments and play play by our own rules, regardless of what they think about it, we uh, we help the cost, right? And uh, oh, the cost sounds 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 horrible, but you know we no, I we I think it makes Bitcoin. sense because it goes back to like you know human action and and people acting in their own self-interest yeah, uh, or, you know, whatever we were talking about, like us acting as individuals and it, with the help of Bitcoin in doing so that kind of sends like the, I guess, market signal to like a state and telling them that we're not going to play by your rules. And that in a sense forces them to adapt to what we are doing and we're kind of like changing it on the inside from the outside in a way yeah and uh i i believe that this will become self-evident pretty soon that uh countries that try to scare off um bitcoiners will 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 not like the bitcoiners will flock to to some other country where they're more welcome and uh that country will thrive because of that uh so uh it's very interesting though and it's hard to like like this whole madeira thing it's it's a double-edged sword of course because uh as a bitcoiner it feels kind of weird to cooperate with the government um <laughs> uh, what what uh, uh, with the government cooperating with the government in trying to make bitcoin happen in a country uh the Madeira thing. I'm going to Madeira next week. I'm in a group there. I, I, I told you, didn't I? Uh, 
Oh, is that uh, where? Is that a place? I'm. It's I'm a place. It's Ma- Madeira. Madeira. Oh, okay, I'll give you the story. Yeah. Uh, Madeira is an, a Portuguese island, which is pretty self-autonomous. I mean, of course, it's a part of the EU and all that, and a part of Portugal, but it's pretty self. Uh, uh, it's a pretty uh, autonomous place. So the the president of Madeira went to the Miami conference. Uh, with a friend of mine, uh, and I met him over there and uh, met this guy in real life for the first time, uh, Andre uh, in Madeira. So, uh, and then he invited me over there. Uh, so I went there with a bunch of other Bitcoiners, and we're going there again now in in June to uh, to talk to the president again. And there's a plan laid out for making Madeira a more Bitcoiner friendly place in the EU. So, so I'm, so I'm uh, deep into that thing at this point, and uh, it's a very uh, interesting thing to be a part of and see where it and thus ends up. Um, because I believe there are politicians who are Bitcoiners, even though they're hard to find. Uh, and pushing that kind of narrative, how you do that in a bureaucratic setting is, is, is sort of interesting even though it feels kind of strange to be a, a Bitcoiner and working with the government for something. But at least when you're trying to make a country more Bitcoin friendly, then you're you're doing something right, I hope. Even though I know there are a lot of Bitcoiners who think the opposite, who think that Bitcoin needs to be anti-government to, to even work. Uh, but I think it's more nuanced than that, and uh, that uh, the truth lies somewhere in between. Like we're we're going to experience hyper Bitcoinization regardless of what anyone thinks about it, and uh, we can do this in a diplomatic way, or we can do it by waging war against all the governments. And maybe it's easier to have a peaceful transition. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I I was in the camp like you know fuck the state, we're gonna do whatever. You need need those people, but at the same time, because Bitcoin is so powerful, being what it is, it forces the government to participate with it. Because again, people in government are just individuals, and they act on incentive. And exactly, so um, it's going to be in the most like logical, rational. You know, it's going to take just the most logical and like rational approach to. Uh, if they want to stay like legitimate as governments, then they're going to have to just like change their approach and abide by it. Whether that's like America, you know, being more of a commodity based currency and, you know, have a basket of like gold and Bitcoin back in the treasury or whatever. I mean, banks are being forced by customer demand to offer Bitcoin products and it's just going to be like a, a race to uh, all around in jurisdictional arbitrage to like who's going to treat this best. And it's kind of like sovereign individual that, yeah. again, because like, you know, customer based. And again, like who's, who's going to be treating their, their citizens and their customers like the best in the world. Yeah, but that's so funny, though, with the, the, the notion of governments and nation states and big institutions owning Bitcoin. Yeah. Because we go, it boils back to the, the the discussion about possession and ownership, because someone has to be in possession of the private keys, 
And as but that's the person who's really owning the Bitcoin, not the, <laughs> uh, that person can at any point just take those keys and go somewhere else and disappear. Unless if they do like a multi-sig or something, because that's probably yeah, but what imagine Imagine what a clusterfuck that will be. Oh, absolutely. Like, like absolutely. And imagine how many institutions that will fuck that up. Royally. Yeah, they're going to be losing keys left and right. But I mean, yeah. And, and then what happens if if uh, if they do a multi-sig, a proper multi-sig, a proper nation state multi-sig would be like 51% of the population needs to use their keys all at the same time. And then you get the you get a <laughs> citizen wide multi-sig thing. And that will never yeah. work, of course. I mean, so, I, I, uh, unfortunately, the way this scales out is, and I think at a technical level, not everybody on earth is going to be able to own a UTXO, which is unfortunate. But I think markets are based on trust either way. And yeah, so yeah. that's why I think there's not only just going to be the Lightning Network, but other like custodial solutions, whether we like it or not. But yeah, of course, of course, as long as you're tethered to the most sound protocol money on earth like that is kind of where where the incentive structure uh, keeps in like an orderly like dominance hierarchy thing i mean there's going to be fuck-ups like regardless but you know i heard this about the, the lightning network that people people claim that even if we were firing up uh lightning nodes all the time now and we went through hyper bitcoinization in two years so that everyone we still couldn't keep the pace up quick enough to, to get everyone onboarded to the Lightning Network, even though it has a lot of more transactions per second than the base layer. But because it's simply not will simply not be big enough and not enough funds in it. But I think what 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 all these technical people miss out is that the in with this great adoption comes a higher value. So each Bitcoin will, if each Bitcoin is worth 10 times more or 100 times more than now, then we can incorporate a lot more people uh, uh, in a faster time. So so that's... Because of like the divisibility aspect, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and on Lightning, they're infinitely dis- divisible. You can, you can do millisats. You can do microsats. Right. You can do nanosats. I mean there's no there's no end to how divisible they are so as long as they keep as long as number go up technology keeps on working and why wouldn't it uh then the problem is solved because it scales with um yeah i had a discussion yesterday about this about uh tether and how people in developing countries are using tether as like and how that functions as a stepping stone towards hyper bitcoinization uh and there, there, there are arguments that like, well, the dollar has held its value over a short span of time better than Bitcoin. But I argue that if all these people had gone to Bitcoin instead of like <laughs> these supposed US dollars, then, then all of that value would have gone into Bitcoin and Bitcoin's price would have gone up rather than down. And like, so <laughs> in order for... Uh, like Bitcoin, more Bitcoin adoption uh, uh, inevitably leads to a higher Bitcoin price at some point. That's the whole point of them being scarce. It's just, it's simple supply and demand economics. So, uh, and I, 
many Bitcoiners say that they want a uh, slow transition to the new world and like the hyper Bitcoinization to go slow. But I want it to happen as fast as possible because what it means is no more violent interactions or at least a lot fewer violent interactions because Bitcoin incentivizes non-violence on every level of society while at the same time uh, like taking away the funding from violent action like you take away the profit motive from being violent or coercive to to your fellow man so so why would you want that process to be slow you would you would want it as soon as possible yeah Um, and the most expedient way to do that is to take your keys take possession of your own keys and take your bitcoin off the exchange wherever it is otherwise we don't we don't get that and we don't see like the full capacity of the volatility of a 21 million supply cap which again shout out to our sponsors shiftcrypto.ch and the bitbox02 just another beautiful solution to all of this like it's just uh, i i really want so much for people to understand this and like there's a lot of kinks to work out in like what it is going to come down to being like your own bank but i mean those solutions are going to work out and i think with your idea of the having a faster bitcoinization uh happen is it's it's that principle of uh innovation is yielded from like a a necessity and Mm -hmm. when people like realize that we can have this future uh at a much quicker rate if they actually do take self-custody and they do send their bitcoin to cold storage then i mean we, we just we're kind of forced with this decision in front of us and that just sends like the incentive out to developers and whoever else to actually make this happen because again it's just necessity yeah and like to me it yeah, the, the sooner people start accepting Bitcoin and nothing but Bitcoin for their goods and services, that's like like that's that's a key point in the process of hyper-Bitcoinization. First and foremost, hyper-Bitcoinization is a, is a personal process. I mean, I'm not fully hyper-Bitcoinized yet. And yeah. I, I bet that you aren't either. I don't but, think but, anyone but, should, like the whole like get on zero thing. I think at this point... It- it's a little it's very ir- hard. irresponsible yeah. or at least it's not for everybody if you're a bitcoin whale no. sure but you know it, it's it's that trade-off of like it, it's a teeter-totter ebb and flow of like gradually and suddenly like we want to be gradual but we also want to be sudden with it so you know yeah god only knows what that is actually going to look like yeah but uh, another fascinating aspect of hyper bitcoinization is that what's the end point there is no end point. It just keeps on hyper Bitcoinizing. Like when 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 everyone on earth uses nothing but Bitcoin for uh, as a medium of exchange and as a store of value. Is that the end point of hyper Bitcoinization? Because Bitcoin's purchasing power will still go up because we, we still innovate. We still and the Bitcoin we still lose Bitcoins. They will become scarcer and scarcer after that point. So, so I, I see no end point to hyper Bitcoinization. I think it's a, 
it's just like the inverse, the literal, literal inverse of hyperinflation. So it's one divided by hyperinflation. That's hyperbitcoinization. It's the, it's the literal inverse of, of hyperinflation. And on that note, there can be only one deflationary currency. More than one would makes no sense because they're, then they're not then it's not deflationary anymore. Then if there's a copy of it, then it's inflationary by definition so so there can be only one deflationary currency uh so and in that sense too it is the literal inverse of hyperinflation yeah so i mean you make the point that in the afterlife after you die it's if there is an afterlife then it's existential inflation but if we have a deflationary money is living in a scarce amount of time existential deflation i know that might be kind of like a dumb argument but i i think there's like a paradigm here that needs to be looked at or if it needs to to be addressed at all but it's almost like the exact opposite because if we have you know infinity divided by 21 million it's kind of like when we're all gone there's like a life of its own out of our control which is like the value of bitcoin but then again, if we're all gone, I guess we don't, uh, you know, a, a assign the value of it. You know, I'm just life, going down like this this tangent of a, of a rabbit hole. I don't know if there's like an, an end to but it. But life, it, life is deflationary. The, yeah. the older you get, the 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 the, uh, the less lifetime you have left. <laughs> so so it becomes more and more precious the older you get, because you're running out of it. So so life itself is deflationary. And Bitcoin uh, can reflect that perfectly, since it since it, they're absolutely scarce too. So so I I don't see a problem with that. I see it as a very natural thing and a much more natural representation of the value of your time than than anything inflationary. It really is like it's there for you as you get old and you get decrepit and you're waiting for your social security or retirement, whatever that's all out the window because Bitcoin has just been growing over time and is literally there to support you. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's just like, Hey buddy, I'm here. I'm working for you. Yeah. And it, and it, and it re um, <laughs> uh, not inserts. I, I, I it just like reemphasizes. <laughs> yeah. How important like having a low time preference is. But also yeah. not just being like, hey, I'm going to sit on my ass for the rest of my life and wait until Bitcoin's valuable. Because uh, again, nobody can really live like that because that would just be a, a horrible life. That's a subjective opinion of my own. But I think a lot of people would share that. But it also like, it kind of makes you think, hey, I should be able to take as many, many chances and try to be as successful as possible with the time that I have. And if it fails, then hey, Bitcoin's there for me. Yeah, that's a good. That sounds like a sound attitude towards life. <laughs> uh, on on that point, that's like uh, another point I make in the book is if 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 your head is the only place the the your private key is stored in, it, regardless of if it's the key phrase or the actual private key, then you are your Bitcoin. There's no distinction between you and your Bitcoin. And if you view view Bitcoin as a new life form. Which you can, by the way. Uh, so it has been compared to to a mushroom, a fungi thing, or a my mycelium is the the word, right? Um, 
and cyber hornets and like honey badgers and what whatnot. Uh, but you could say that not only is it a life form, but it's a symbiotic life form, and you're living in symbiosis with it. Right now, your Bitcoin cannot survive without its hosts, which are human beings, because if there were no humans, the the Bitcoin network would run to a halt and they wouldn't be valuable anymore. Uh, but in the future, there's a high probability that you won't be able to survive without your Bitcoin. So as you say, your Bitcoin will be there for you to save you in your future. Uh, and I find this highly fascinating too, that we're, we're living in symbiosis with a new life form, a symbiote. Like like venom, yeah, yeah. It's very much like a thing of its own. It, it's it's weird how it works. It really is like this alien thing that we can't explain. I mean, we can't explain like how it works and the, the difficulty adjustment. I mean, it's all it's only alive because we assign it value and people are incentivized to use it and mine it, and it just responds to us algorithmically with the difficulty adjustment but like we're kind of like it's an alien but we as voluntary participants in this market are like it's blood and yeah yeah like keeps it pumping it's yeah weird the the comparison i make in the book is to the the venom movie with tom hardy you know the corny superhero thing because it really is an alien symbiote and you're really having these arguments with it and you want different things and well, of course, Bitcoin does not want to eat brains all the time, but but you're still arguing with it where whether to how to use it and, and so on. And uh, uh, it gives you superpowers. It gives you the power of not being of being impervious to theft. And it gives you the not it doesn't give you the power to climb walls and and punch other aliens but <laughs> but it gives you a lot of other superpowers uh a lower time preference is a superpower in itself yeah well i i think it it lets you defeat the alien that is fiat money right because that is an alien concept or construct that the state kind of created and just uh um inundated society to just like be forced to to use it so in that way it's kind of like you know bitcoin is our our lightsaber in a way against this uh this outside alien thing that's fiat which i was uh, saying it's more akin to a shield or captain america's yep. shield than a lightsaber yeah. <laughs> i like that i like that you you had a um a nice explanation of of how bonds work if if you recall <laughs> yeah government bonds uh that's like a government bond is uh i think i heard this from safety in the first time so i i shouldn't just take credit for it but like uh, it's in the book like a government bond is that's that's what the government gives to the federal reserve in in exchange for newly minted dollars and what is a government bond it's uh, it's a promise from the government to, to pay back that loan uh, at a later date. And how, how will they do that? They will keep on taxing the population and uh, they will need to tax them even harder than before because the population's money is worth less now. <laughs> so, so 
so so you get a promise from the government to be assholes in the future too uh in exchange for new the privilege of uh printing um of counterfeiting the uh, the currency of the country so there, there's no way that that's positive for the uh for the population of the country it's it's both of those things are theft inflation itself is theft and the government bond is a promise of further theft in the future so it's just awful and no one seems to uh, uh, to notice this instead it's it's uh, considered to be one of the safest things to buy in the world a, a, a government bond like it's considered to like the, the government can't run out of money but just tax people harder and print more of it yeah uh, so what it, can you do yeah yeah it, it's risk-free because i have faith that this government is going to keep stealing from its citizens <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's so that's what's so awful about it yeah no it's um i just thank god for bitcoin man it's just put <laughs> flips everything on its head here so yeah. one one last thing i wanted to go over is <laughs> And when I was when I listened to you talk about this, I was like, "Oh, Lex Friedman would really love this because he likes always bringing up the question with, to his guests, like, what do you think about love?'" <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's a perfect Lex Friedman impression, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. And, and and you brought up like, you know, the, the difference between like fear and love, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, did, did can we just make the argument that Bitcoin is love?" Yes. So. Yes, I can. Uh, like, it enables love. Uh, because like, if you're robbed of all of your possessions, so you have nothing at all, you're, you're a bum, uh, a homeless bum. What, what, what happens with your inner value hierarchy? You will put finding food on top of it, because that's what you need to do in order to survive. And then you will put finding shelter uh, right, right below finding food, right? And things like, I ought not steal from this other person in order to acquire food will come down to, to very much lower on the value hierarchy than it probably is right now. So you will, you will try to acquire food by any means you can. Uh, you, will, you will steal it if you have to. And... Uh, a person that does not know anything about his own future is a very fearful person. So to me, a high, t a high time preference and fear are very much connected. Because if you, if, if, you, if you don't know what will happen to your financial situation tomorrow, you're, you're living in constant fear. The people who are living in hyperinflationary economies experience this all day. And they're, they're very crime ridden, those areas like Venezuela is a, a very crime-dense country, uh, crime-ridden country, of course, because of this very thing. And what's what's in the opposite, opposite side of that spectrum? Well, there's a low time preference. And a low time preference is when, when you have accumulated a lot of capital and you know that it can't be confiscated uh, very easily by, by a, a, an aggressor, then you can start thinking about the future. Uh, and you can start by thinking about your own future and make plans for the future. 
But with something as robust as Bitcoin, you know that th these can't be confiscated uh, at all for generations to come. Then you can start thinking about generational, you can start to do generational planning, just like the feudal lords of all old dubbed their dubbed people to be knights. You can dub your own children to be lords and, you know, um, barons and stuff uh, for the future. You literally have that power now because you have Bitcoin. So you can you have generational wealth now, regardless. Of are, are, are you saying that this is how we reach like the Hoppian monarchy this is very much democracy? in line with hopper yeah 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 uh <laughs> the, the democracy the god that failed uh influenced uh, everything divided by 21 million a lot uh, uh so book. yeah shout out to hopper who's still alive hold on just just <laughs> to interrupt have you have you listened to his speech called what must be done that he gave in 1997 at a mises thing in like uh san diego i believe no, but I've listened to a similar one that he held in Moscow uh, later than uh -huh. that. Cool. Uh, we'll, we'll have to exchange th those links. You'll probably say more or less the same thing. But it's basically yeah. like the strategy that he lays out for secession, essentially. You, I mean, you know, I, I guess to be political, you run locally as a Republican because they usually give you back more of uh, people's freedoms, whatever. But you yeah. run on a local level for like, your jurisdiction and you, people like vote in your favor for what they want. And you it, it's just basically like the 10th Amendment federalism to you know, the nth degree. And have you, as you have the jurisdiction, jurisdictional arbitrage play out, people start to separate from the federal government and you have that gradual secession and I felt like yeah. it was a solid strategy. All it's missing is the stateless money. Exactly. Uh, and like Hopper lays out a very compelling case for, for monarchy. If, if, if any government, then much rather monarchy than democracy. And if you haven't read the book, so read it. But to the, to the first question there about love, like if you can accumulate capital and plan ahead for several generations to to come, then you can allow yourself to be loving to other people. Yet money is just an amplifier of what you already are. And if you're a loving person on the inside, you you can afford to be loving. So so like to me, high time preference is fear and low time preference is love. The the opposite of fear is love. So that's that's literally what we're giving people with Bitcoin. It's the, the power to love others and love themselves. Because I believe you cannot love others until you truly love yourself, which is a hard thing to do because we're all flawed. So like, but you need, you need a self-confidence to, to, in order to be loving to others. And I think the whole, there are so many fictional greedy characters and, you know, the capitalist is often the villain in, in movies and comics. And so look, just look at uncle Scrooge from Donald Duck is a great example or, Gordon Gecko, or you know, all these villains. But it, that's and uh, a capitalist may very well be the villain in a crony capitalist system, uh, because then they've acquired all that wealth through, you know, means that aren't necessarily truthful and loving. Uh, but in a sound money economy with Bitcoin.
then there's no other way to to uh, gain access to other people's wealth than to provide something of value back. So in a voluntarist society, those that provide the most value to others reap the, the biggest rewards themselves. So in that kind of society, a rich person, uh, yeah, after this has played out for a couple of generations should be added. Like it's, it's not like it happens like that overnight, but those that, uh, you know, are the most empath empathetic and caring about their fellow men or, and women uh, are, are the ones that will be rewarded economically in a, such a society. So I truly believe that like uh, a low time preference is an equivalent to, to at least the, the capability of loving. You, you cannot love with, without a low time preference. Yeah, when you're too busy being afraid, you exactly. can't can invest the the correct amount of, of energy to, uh, yeah. I don't know, just it, get done what you need to get done. It's look at animals. What, what would you rather uh, have an encounter with? You know, a, a scared tiger or a, a friend or, or a loving dog. I mean, <laughs> not that a dog has a low time preference by any stretch of the imagination, but but animals that are scared and fear for their own existence are, are usually not that friendly. So you want to avoid fear and you avoid fear by allowing yourself to love more. And you cannot do that without adopting a lower time preference. And you can't adopt a lower time preference without accumulating capital. I mean, who, who would disagree with that? Anyone that's listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are a lot of people that disagree with that but in due time they will learn to or at until least then, their descendants will <laughs> yeah until then they'll have fun staying poor exactly <laughs> so uh so, one last thing i want to ask you about because you know we we brought up keys again and last shout out to bitbox02 shift crypto dossier i mean if you learn anything from this episode take away you want hyper-Bitcoinization, take possession of your own keys. Just don't live in fear. And the best way to do that is to, frankly, own Bitcoin. Not to, not to be trite, but, I mean, you're owning your time. You're investing in yourself. And that comes that great power comes with responsibility. So, again, shout out to Venom or Spider-Man, whatever. <laughs> Uncle, uh, Uncle Ben. But, yeah. Take Dr. Octopus. Yeah. <laughs> Take, take your goddamn keys off the exchange so the Dr. Octopus of fiat money and, uh, you know, the state trying to take its eight arms and siphon away all your wealth. Well, they can't do that if you're cussing your own keys and you're in your own, you are your own bank. So anyway, yeah. last show for them. Go to shiftcrypto.ch. Use the promo code Bitcoin made simple to get 5% off. And put on your big boy, big girl pants, and let's see hyper Bitcoinization sooner than later. But going back to like keys, let's talk about the the little background of I, I guess the 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 artwork of the book in that in that key. And oh yeah, there there's this really cool uh, history behind uh, you speaking with the artists and there's like 21 of them that were made. And you, I think you have like the, the first one 
And also, also, you you came up with like there are 21 million bitcoins that were created out of like the eight trillion dollars printed. Just that yeah, yeah. beautiful, <laughs> like like esoteric, like out of this world thing of like how numbers are just so like perfectly fit into the universe. Uh, so you know, dig into all of that if you can. And yeah, then, that that's eight. Eight trillion dollars were printed uh, during 2021, which is two hundred twenty-two thousand dollars per second, and uh, the the current block reward is uh, or uh, or block subsidy is six point twenty-five bitcoins every on average every ten minutes, which means a new bitcoin is minted on average every ninety-six seconds, and if you take 222,000 times 96, you get the number 21 million. So $21 million were printed per Bitcoin mined in 2021. That's a very poetic thing, I think. And to me, that that is saying something. That is saying that $21 million per Bitcoin is a low price at some point in in a not too distant future. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, a bearish price even. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that. But to, to the beautiful infinity key here, uh, this is made by the best artist in the world, Fractal Encrypt, who are very privileged to have collaborated with on several occasions. He made the, I used his full node statue as the cover for, for my second book. Uh, I met him by, by looking at that thing and being as bamboozled by everyone else when i suddenly found my uh, the title of my first book on the full node statue so i i dm'd fractal and i said hey do you know that you're, you you put my book title in uh, on your statue and he said yeah i was listening to it when i made the thing <laughs> so so and we've been uh friends ever since and i met him for the in real life for the first time in in miami and we got to hang out and hang out for a week it was just such a sweet sweet experience i couldn't stop hugging him (laughs) for everything he's done for me you know this this uh this infinity key here this was like when we pitched the idea for bitcoin infinity day which is the uh uh, 21st of august you know 8 slash 21 um we, we pitched that in the beginning of August uh, last year. And before Bitcoin Infinity Day happened, he managed to, to put together this beautiful art piece. So there's 21 of them, the, the private keys, and there's 210 public keys. They have a different background on the uh, little placard that they're on. Uh, and he gave away 20 of the 21 private keys to people who had contributed to his personal Bitcoin journey or uh, had told him something about Bitcoin that he didn't know before. So there was a whole tweet thread about uh, little Bitcoin Easter eggs. And uh, like, uh, so he gave away these 20 and I've got number one out of 21. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, And then he auctioned out number eight of 21 which went for 1.05 Bitcoin in the end. And that's worth about $70,000 at the time. Uh, bearish. <laughs> yeah, bearish. But uh, 
getting a thing like that in your like <laughs> i sent it to my mother-in-law and she opened the like it was worth more than the car that she that she picked it up with so it's it's so bizarre the whole thing and uh yeah and then he sold the the public keys like there was a they had a fixed price that increased with every passing block for for 210 blocks so you could buy them off the scarce dot city uh and then of course the the thing ended up on the on the cover of the book and i'm very happy with that and looking forward to seeing fractal again uh, i mean we've we've had quite a journey uh together and it's it's so i'm i feel so privileged to be a, a part of this of this story and being like integral to the to the whole thing it's just surreal i keep pinching myself like <laughs> yeah but, but i'm not this is apparently my real life and i'm just insanely grateful that all of this happened yeah no, and fra like fractal that. is a huge part of that so wherever you are man <laughs> i mean thank you again for for everything yeah it's great it's just like that video of that kid that just came out of like having dental surgery and he's like hopped up in, on drugs and he's in the backseat of the car and he's like dad is this real life but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but it, it really is i mean you got a point like you have to keep pinching yourself like am i this blessed to find bitcoin whenever i did whether it was you know from genesis or in the middle or just yesterday it, it's just it goes back to like bitcoin is love because so many people love it and they are down for the cause and yeah, but there's the, there's the, just ripe like opportunity of because everyone's here kind of like on the same mission or whatever value they assign and whatever value they get from it they're here just giving to each other non-stop because everyone is kind yeah. of incentive for the same goal but all their their like different uh goals and idiosyncrasies that they have but all of and for themselves make them like come to and work together for like the same accomplishment and they benefit from helping each other and that that's that's the most beautiful aspect of of bitcoin i think because bitcoin is just some numbers yeah we we all had this in ourselves you know and if bitcoin disappears tomorrow i i still have this network of people uh and i've befriended some of the best people in the world through this thing uh and that is not disappearing that is not going away it like you and i will still talk regardless of what happened to bitcoin right and and so yeah. i will talk to everyone else as well and i have this amazing network of the best brains in the world now and like that's the real value we all had this in ourselves to help each other like we have during these years bitcoin just unlocked that thing yeah so the real value lies in our interactions with each other uh, and this is what's so insanely i get goosebumps talking about it literally like it's so fucking beautiful and that's that's the love i'm talking about i mean it's it's just too good to be true almost yet it is true <laughs> no like, like it really is because i didn't have any friends or like a group community whatever you want to call it in here in austin until i started going to bitcoin meetups and i'm not living where i am without going to that meetup 
and I wouldn't have roommates if like they were Bitcoiners. And now the place I'm fixing to move into, like met him at a meetup and it's just like this gravity that keeps like pulling people in for like whatever reason they get into it. And yeah, like you said, if it ever goes away, like we still have each other and it says if the most like even money be damned, like the most valuable currency or exchange is, 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 is love or interaction between humans and what brings them together. Yeah. And when you boil it down like that, like that's all money is. (laughs) It's just like an expression of love uh, in that sense. And, and with Bitcoin, especially because most of the things I've done with other Bitcoiners and the most of collaborations I've had, we haven't even, no one has ever charged me for for anything and neither have I charged any, uh, anyone. Well, of course I sell books, but I do that for a living now, but you know, most of the stuff it's all, they're all available for free also. So we just keep on giving and Bitcoin, Bitcoin was just the, the literal (laughs) private and public key that unlocked this very thing within us that that's that's what the the combination of a private and public key it unlocks something in you that's what it does yeah a good note to end on maybe bitcoin is (laughs) the key to our hearts yeah 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 that that sounded cringy as fuck but it's a good note to end on (laughs) yeah i know i don't know if i'm gonna i mean i don't know if i'm gonna title this episode bitcoin is love or bitcoin's the key to our hearts with canutes from home (laughs) yeah yeah give it some thought and pick the cringiest one yeah yeah and maybe i'll do a twitter poll yeah uh can you this is awesome man yeah thank you phil um I've got to go soon, but uh, yeah, yeah you, you'll find most of my stuff on, or all of my stuff on knutsvarnum.com uh, and you can find my books on, on Amazon or the link from knutsvarnum.com is directly to Consensus Network where you can get 10% off if you pay with Bitcoin and another 10% if you use my referral code. Um, and most of my other Bitcoin stuff uh, on a daily basis is on twitter uh that's my main platform so awesome that's Love that's it. where you find me oh, yeah man. and every other awesome bitcoiner like myself. Yeah, sign, no, sign really. up for uh, infinity red so that happens i need 210 bottles ordered in order for uh f- for that project to to, to what start. is infinity red is that i'm, like a I'm making a wine because i have no self-criticism whatsoever after finding bitcoin it's humbling as fuck so uh, so i do whatever i want now and now i want to make a wine what what kind of just like red wine is it pinot is it it's it's a a, a grape called bobal um not a very famous grape but uh it's uh a bit of a newcomer uh it's the 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 wine will be made in valencia uh, it's not in production in the Valencia region, I should say, not the not the city. Uh, uh, I I'm going to to do some sort of wine t- tasting at one point and pick pick the taste I really like, and uh, we're going to make around 600 bottles, 
So uh, I need to sell almost all of them to be in profit at all. <laughs> so uh, that's why I figured I won't start making this until I know that at least 210 of those 600 bottles have been sold. Damn, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a wine guy. I, I'd be down. Are you more of a Pinot guy or a Merlot or Cab or what kind of? Uh, Merlot, and, Merlot and, and uh, Malbec. Right on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, help a lot of people uh, on the uh, all the listeners are uh, are wine <laughs> wine connoisseurs. So yeah, I, I will sell them your way. A single bottle, three bottles, or a box of twenty one bottles, of course. Nice, nice. Yeah, a signed box. A signed box. <laughs> cool. Can you? Thanks again, yeah. man. And uh, one of these days, I will shake your goddamn hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do a, a Mason handshake one day for sure. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, folks, again, as always, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for uh, shipcrypto.ch, the Bitbox 02. Take your keys off the exchange and, uh, you know, tune in for the next episode. Many thanks to Knut here. And yeah, and go as, read the book and leave a review afterwards. Go buy it. Yeah, give it a review and uh, just keep, keep loving each other by buying Bitcoin. <laughs> But I'll, I'll leave you, as always... By earning Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> but as always, guys, own your failure, because God knows our so-called leaders do not. So peace out, Saranara. I'll see you on the flip side later. Live long and prosper. Road to-